Welcome to the Film and TV Hub podcast with Ollie Johnson and Danny Ball. All right, so um, is there any like films you've seen recently that have like stood out for you or anything? I thought it's been more TV. More TV, yeah. What have, you, what have you been watching? Did you see WandaVision? Yeah, WandaVision was unreal. I think it's, like it's, it's set up so much. Nice. It's got that big of a budget where it's like it's just it is film quality like you look at it and it's just like this isn't tv mm. it, there's so that. so much good stuff in it the way it's set up so much for the rest of the mcu as well i think and like the way it it took characters who weren't really main characters and just gave them so much more sort of fleshing out as well I think that was brilliant. Mm. I think people expected it too much from it. Some of the you theories were a bit mad. Theories, and it was like, oh, this is. I think they're ex- going to be a bit let down here. Yeah, like when they were talking about Mephisto, and then thinking it like some Doctor Strange, the X Men were going to turn up in it. Like, like, yeah, bit of a stretch. They don't just got the rights back to X Men, so they were going to put X Men in it. That was. They're going to ease them in, aren't they? Yeah, I think they'll start them off character by character. I don't yeah. think they'll do the X Men straight away. Not no. the X Men film. Apparently, the new X Men film's going to be called The Mutants, which was like Stanley's original name for the X Men. Yeah, Speaking of X Men, did you ever watch New Mutants? I just completely avoided it because I thought it looked <laughs> awful. I'd... I, that's that's one film that I think they should have just they shouldn't have released that in cinemas because of how much money they probably lost from it. Logan, I think maybe forgot about Logan because it feels that long ago. Logan was amazing. Before that though, X Men Apocalypse was massive let down. I think Logan's probably top five superhero films ever for me. I think it's got the best writing in a superhero film ever. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Like Wolverine's one of the characters like. Logan. Yeah, yeah. it's it's so good to see a comic book film nominated in one of them categories. Like, finally getting, you know, that recognition. There'll be more. There'll be a lot more over the next couple of years. Yeah. Joker was nominated for a lot, wasn't it? Joker won, didn't it? Best Actor. Back in Phoenix. It's weird, though, because I don't really count Joker as, yeah, as a comic book film. Like, it's a great film, but it it just doesn't feel like a comic book film to me. Yeah, yeah, it I get what you mean. More like just inspired. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so what what do you reckon? What do you look forward to like for the rest of the these MCU series? Then, like, which ones are you looking forward? to? Eternals. Oh yeah, yeah. Chloe Zhao looks like she's going to get nominated for an Oscar for best director. That that's and very exciting. Yeah. They th- apparently, from inside the studio, it's supposed to be one of the best films they've ever had. That's what they think they've got. And so when's the release date for that one? Because that it's been pushed back a few times, hasn't it? Let me Google. It's COVID. Because I know it was meant to be twenty twelve. That was supposed to be like in twenty twelve at this point in life. <laughs> The Eternals. 
sure it was meant to be late 2020 at first, but then obviously no COVID. Yeah, it was. It was supposed to be this year. It is this year. It's um, 12th of February. It was the initial release date. Okay. Is it being moved to 5th of November? All right. Well, not much of a gap then between that and the new Spider-Man film. No, they're all pretty much on the back of each other. Yeah. And there's Doctor another Strange one, isn't there? Yeah, Doctor Strange is next year. But then yeah. we've got Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, I think it's called as well. I Which think I, I think that's that. this year. That's this year as well, I think. Yeah. Let's find it's out the release date. Yeah. We've not even got a trailer for any of them yet, which is a bit strange. That's um, that's 9th of July, so hopefully trailer flashes come soon. The trailer mightn't come because it might get moved, which wouldn't surprise me at this point. Yeah. Because they aren't going to put any... Bob Iger and Kevin Feige said they're not going to put any of the films on Disney+. Plus. What do you think about that? Smart move. Do you want to differentiate the TV shows from the... From the films, I think it's a smart move, but at the same time, you might have to start putting yeah. stuff on Disney Plus. Yeah, like they've been putting other films on there, like Mulan, and then uh, that awesome you want Raya and the, Raya, Raya, the last Raya and the Last Dragon, yeah, on the Premier Access. Soul got put on Disney Plus as well, didn't it? So, yeah, Soul Soul's Soul's a great, great film, film, by the way. That was amazing. Yeah, that was, that was one of the best animated films I've seen in a while, I think. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. That was best in a while, I think. Yeah, definitely. I can't. I can't really remember any top Pixar ones recently. Besides that, so, Toy Story Four was a bit of a disappointment. To be honest, I know it's like <laughs> it's Toy Story, so it's 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 good. Yeah, that's that's all it. It just relied on that, really, didn't it? It did a bit. Nothing will beat like the original Toy Story one and two. They're just the best ones, I think. Toy Story three is too heartbreaking. Yeah. <laughs> the only Toy Story film, not Toy Story film, sorry, Pixar film, I don't really rate cars. You think oh. it thinks a bit shite. Oh, I don't know. I loved it when I was a kid. <laughs> I couldn't get into it even when I was a kid. I was like, this isn't very good. Oh, nah, I loved it. I had a Cars scale electric. I had Lightning McQueen and everything. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Oh, that's another... they, they really did take like a huge leap forward with Soul, though, didn't they? Yeah, it, I think it was probably the best since, since Inside Out. Inside Out was oh, yeah, that a was... similar type of film. Yeah, they were both brilliant. So do you think like cinemas reopening, so probably, well, in the UK, why is it 12th of April? Is that is that for cinemas or is it 21st of is it May for cinemas? Yeah. So, Black Widow's May, isn't it? So, do you think this? It's like safe to just release it in cinema. Then, you not? Do you think it's a good decision to do that? They will hear. But, yeah. Um, it depends what it's like in the states because the states they want to have everything reopened by the fourth of July, don't they? They're, well, a lot of their cinemas are still open in some places. Like they're not in the major cities, though. Yeah, Florida that's where they're the only major place where stuff's open. I wouldn't surprise if they moved it till July. 
Yeah. At the same time, if when are they gonna move? If they do that, where's Shang Chi gonna release? What is the date for Shang Chi? It says 9th of July, I think. Oh, that's an issue for them then. Because they like releasing it in you know certain parts of each year, don't they? Like they like they release the films in mid February sometimes, then end of April is another one. You sometimes get an August Guardians of Galaxy was August. Yeah. Yeah, they could move Shang-Chi to August then. Then, But then you've got, like, you could have, like, a month between Black Widow and Shang-Chi, and then when Eternals comes out, a month between that and Spider-Man. It's, like, it's the kind of cramming it in, aren't they? Do you have, like, Marvel fatigue? Like, is it too much? Which I don't really buy, because if you make a great film, people well, still want to eat it up and, and watch it. Exactly, and then... going to be an issue. Depends on the quality of the film. And by the time Black Widow's out, it will have been two years since the last MCU film released. So yeah. it's not really sort of oversaturating the market if it's been two whole years since the last installment. People are eager for it. People are special after one division as well. Yeah, exactly. The hype is like yeah. back up there again. Like last year when, you know, we hadn't had an MCU film for a while and the only one that was coming out soon was Black Widow. And... You know, Disney Plus had just come out, so I was, I was re-watching all the Star Wars again, watching Mandalorian for the first time. My hype for Marvel really died down, but after WandaVision and, you know, yeah. seeing the trailers for Loki and uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, it's, yeah. you know, it's back up here again. Like, I think... I was like, <sighs> after Endgame, I was like, oh, what's this going to go now? I don't know if I'm excited for the next films. Yeah. And then after WandaVision, it was like, okay, I'm interested as much as it was now. They've really sort of taken the time and thought it through, it seems like. Yeah, it seems, like, especially with what they've picked as well as the next properties. There's no real sequels there, like, bringing, like, Blade back as well. I don't mm, think that one's going to be good. Than that. No. Marsha Hill Alley as well. Oh, he's going to be brilliant, I think. He's, he's such a great choice. He's some actor. He does have a lot to live up to, though. Wesley Snipes was iconic. He's good in the role. He's good in the role. Yeah. You're looking forward to Justice League? Um, I'm looking forward to it, but I don't know. I'm not I don't have high expectations, but I just think it'll be good to see what was, you know, cut out of um of, of like the original release, really. Like the black suit Superman. That was one thing I was most looking forward to, and then when that was cut out, I'm like oh. This is this it's a whole new film. It's not another cut of the film. This is two yeah. hours of an extra movie. They've done loads of reshoots as well, haven't they? Yeah. I just don't get how he keeps failing upwards. Like he's not directing anything good since yeah. Man of Steel. And Man of Steel people are on the fence about. Yeah, I, I don't know. It depends on my mood, really, Man of Steel. Sometimes I like yeah. it, but I don't know. It's not very en- entertaining, if you know what I mean. I, I don't think it's a bad movie, but I don't think it's a masterpiece either. I don't think it's no. anything special. Do you like uh, Batman versus Superman? What's your no, opinion on that? Garbage. I mean, it's absolute garbage. <laughs> so, that is a film um... that should have made about. Three billion worldwide and made five hundred million. And there's a reason it did. It's because it's not a good movie. 
I put myself through the pain of watching the uh, the ultimate edition, the uh, three I hour put, cut of it. I put it on DVD. <laughs> so I put it on Blu-ray. I thought, oh, let's try it. Let's give it another go. No, no, no. Don't do that to yourself. What do you think DC needs to do to improve? Be consistent. Do you think they need to like, rather than have Zack Snyder directing the majority of the films? Tone. Yeah. It's not even fanned. I'd honestly look towards James Gunn now. It's not like it. Like you've got Walter Hamada, who's Walter Hamada is still a yeah, he is the head of DC Pictures, and I'd look at him, and then towards James Gunn as well to say, where do you want the creative direction to go for this? Because there's been no consistency; it's been all over the place. Went from Batman versus Suicide Squad, the Batman versus Superman to Suicide Squad, and it was like these aren't even these didn't even feel in the same universes. And then into Wonder Woman as well, which is a great movie. But they didn't even feel like they were in connected. You need some kind of consistency. Yeah, definitely. Like, especially with the new Wonder Woman, that took a completely different sort of step to It's a lot of people don't like it, but That's I think it. it's it's a fun yeah. film, I think. Like they you know, they tried something a bit different to the rest of the DC EU, in my opinion. And um I am a bit biased because Pedro Pascal is now my favourite actor of all time. <laughs> and he's completely stole the show. Still hate me for, but... Oh, you're missing out. You are missing out. Once you've been <laughs> introduced to Pedro Wars Pascal, what did you say? He looks like for more Star Wars films. I really am. They've got some really exciting ones on the horizon. The Patty Jenkins one. That, yeah, definitely. And Kevin Feige's getting his own as well. He is, yeah. Yeah. Which, yeah, I'm excited for both of them. And then, um, I don't know how I feel Griffin about... Ryan Johnson will get a trilogy. It seems like it. Because, like, a lot of people do like what he did with The Last Jedi. I don't know. I I, I wasn't a big fan. But I, a lot I of people think... do enjoy what he did with it. So they're probably going to give him it. Yeah. I think what they'll do is they'll probably let him write it and give the directing to someone else. Yeah, just to take some of the heat off. But if they, they were gonna have. They'll go with it. They were gonna have the Game of Thrones guys write a trilogy, but then they got sacked off after season eight of Game of Thrones, didn't they? Kathleen Kennedy, um, she's very trigger happy. Yeah, yeah, it seems like it. Like, like the way they they just sacked off Ryan Johnson as well after last yeah, year, and she then doesn't have patience. No, yeah, they they tried to rush out the sequel trilogy I think and even there's even a quote I can't remember who said it but I can't remember where I heard it but they apparently tried to rush it out before the original cast died That that's why they rushed it out so quick and you know have you seen is that the, for the Duel of the Fates yeah oh that's, that's so much better the concept art as well it just looks so good one bad film and he sacked them. Yeah. I think both of those films are good. I think, have you seen Safety Not Guaranteed? I've not, no. It's great. And I think Jurassic World's good, so. I just don't get why they sacked them after one bad film. 
Um, it's just, yeah, like you said, Kathleen Kennedy can be a bit triggered a few times. It's good what um, that she's let John Favreau and Dave Filoni have a lot of control over the show side mm. of things because. I'm not that well educated on Star Wars. Dave Filoni does like Clone Wars and stuff like that, doesn't he? Yeah, he was he was brought on by George Lucas in two thousand. I think it was two thousand six when he was hired to you know make the Clone Wars film, which came out two thousand eight, and then the show, and then he sort of um, George Lucas sort of passed the torch to him in a way because he he was like really close with him. George Lucas, you know, taught him sort of everything. Mm. about Star Wars Dave Filoni is like he understands George Lucas's vision for Star Wars which I really yeah. like I'm not saying Kathleen you know Kathleen Kennedy doesn't but I think he, she's like he, Dave Filoni's more you know of the yeah, creative yeah. presence she's just like the Hollywood producer yeah Kathleen Kennedy's a great producer but you've got her under to run that kind of like like the Marvel Universe or like the Star Wars Universe, you've got someone who understands the properties. Yeah. Kevin Feige understands Marvel. Dave Filoni, as you said, understands Star Wars. Yeah. And you've got they should, they should have... alongside the producer to make those decisions. They should have Dave Filoni in a bit of a in sort of a producer role alongside Kathleen Kennedy great, so they great, can work great, together. Yeah. So if them two working together, her, you know, producing sort of... Can you call it talent or her abilities as a producer than his creative side. They, you know, yeah, them two at, at the heads of Star Wars together, that would that, be perfect. So, um, speaking of, like, you know, the the Marvel shows, the the Star Wars shows on Disney+, yeah. Plus, um, Disney+, Plus in the past few days, has now reached 100 million subscribers, and it took oh, only... It's barely been a year took only 16 months. Do you know how long it took Netflix to reach 100 million? About five years. 10 years. 10. 10 years. Wow. And um, I saw an article as well today. Um, Disney Plus is, is projected to overtake Netflix in the next few years and be on 294 million by 2026. They really have so, a hot streak, aren't they? With, it seems like everything they do at the moment. Like, in the 90s, they were struggling. This was a company that was struggling. Now they're a company that literally are on top of the world. Did you know in the 90s, um, George Lucas actually created what is now Pixar? He created the technology for that and sold it to Disney. Yes. That, yes. that is such a huge part of Disney's success that is a bit overlooked, I think. Didn't Steve Jobs have something to do with Pixar as well? Yeah, I think I think they helped produce the te- some of the technology yeah. for it. I think. I thought so. So my question is to you: with it, with all you know, these streaming services gaining huge, huge numbers now, do you think it is the end of TV? And what do you think about how cinema is going to cope as well with the rise of streaming? TV, um, I think it depends what country you're in. Here, no, in the States, more so, yes, because they are more streaming-based. We still have the BBC and ITV that are still extremely popular. What do you think streaming 
what do you think streaming needs to do to sort of overtake BBC and ITV? I think it will in time. I just think it's going to take longer over here in the States. Um, cinema will die eventually. It just depends on how long it takes. I don't want it to, but it will. It's eventually, it will. For people. Yeah. I think it'll last a lot longer than TV, but yeah, eventually streaming people will, will be resistant. Yeah. Once, like, you know, everyone's TVs have got, you know, bigger and bigger in the past few years, like, and cheaper as well. I remember the TV that we bought 10 years ago, 32 inch was like 300, 400 quid. Yeah. Now you can get for like 100 quid. So, one in our living room was about over a grand, and we got it for like 300, 400. See, it's just a bit mad. As the years go on, you can get bigger ones for cheaper. So, Inevitably, in about 20 years, maybe, you can have you, everyone will have huge TVs in the home, so they won't need to go to the cinema. It, well, that's like, what, 30, 40 years in the future? I don't even think it's that, you know, I just think it's easier to... I just think it's more convenient for people. Yeah. Do you think I lockdown think has probably made people realise that? Massively, yeah. That's why Disney Plus has got 100 million subscribers. And it's just growing and growing. Yeah, because people just want to sit there and if they want to flick on one of their favourite films, then it's there. There's no going to Blockbuster anymore. It's sort of the financial side of it. Like, if the, if films did release only on streaming, how much like how much money would they lose maybe compared to the box office? I don't know. It's. It depends on how much ad revenue they got as well. I'm sure they find a way to offset the costs. Yeah. Saying that, that's a good point, because I don't know if studios will want cinemas to die because the amount of money they make off tickets. Oh, yeah. This, like this Disney, uh, you know, what now they've acquired Avatar, they're making money off that film that came out 12 years ago. They, they, they re-released it, and before the film... Is... Passing the record. Yeah, exactly. So... <laughs> before it even, like, actually come out before they'd even actually released re-released it it already sold like almost um six million dollars in pre-sale tickets it's ridiculous absolutely insane numbers have you seen the boy talking as free shows have you seen the boys on amazon prime oh unreal that's one of my favorite series it's unreal isn't it yeah amazon's sort of i think they're gonna be up there with Netflix and Disney Plus if they keep producing stuff like that. There's an advantage that's the advantage though of like going to stream and if you can put content on there that you'd never get away with on TV. Exactly, yeah. Like some of the stuff on that show was horrific, like the oh, worst yeah. I've ever seen. I don't know how they got away with it, but because it was on streaming they did. Another benefit of streaming as well is when you're on TV, you're limited to a time slot. So like if Say the boys was on TV or Mandalorian. If it, you know, Friday night, 9 pm, they get given like half an hour. Mm. They'd have to, you know, try and fit everything into that half an hour. But if the story for one episode, it, you know, needs to be 50 minutes an hour, you can stretch it out to that. Or if it needs to be longer, you can stretch yeah, it out. Creative control, yeah. Yeah, but if, it, if it's just a shot of, shorter story maybe a bit of a filler episode they can cut it down to close to half an hour yeah. that's one of, that's a, a massive benefit of streaming in my opinion 
Did you think one division's episodes were too short? In one way, yes, because I wanted more. Yeah, but made you want more. Yeah, I think I think they did it just right, really. Yeah, there wasn't really any filler episodes like with Mandalorian. I know you've not seen it, but there was like quite not not loads, but there was a few filler episodes here and there, which like didn't contribute loads to the main story. Stuff that was just like a side quest in the game, if you know what I mean. But with One Division, I don't think that there was any filler episodes. Yeah, that was that is one that thinks did well. Everything added to the story. Yeah, everything felt significant, even when it maybe wasn't at the end. Which they kind of, yeah, it was fine. I liked what they did. Yeah, I think a lot of the the backlash the last episode got was just people whose theories didn't come true. Yeah, to be on the head. Yeah. yeah. Are you looking forward to Falcon and Winter Soldier next week? Less so because I've never really been interested in those two characters as much. Same that was how I felt about One Division, though. That's what I, was, I was about to say that like I never really particularly looked at Vision and thought dead interesting. Yeah, they managed to make Vision one of one of me and, and Wanda one of my top characters yeah. now because before they just, just, yeah. Wanda was so annoying. I thought. I, th- I think with. Falcon and the Soldier, if they get the dynamics right and it's like a buddy cop thing. Yeah. You know, like that, 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 seems what to, that seems to be what they're going for. I hope so. Yeah. 